It's July the 30th. Let's read the Bible. Friends, welcome back to this year-long journey from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. Glad to have you with us. One of the questions that I have gotten from the beginning until now is, which Bible version are you using? And this, this came to me from a friend, and this came in a few weeks ago when we were going through reading together 1 Kings. And I'm just going to read uh, what my friend wrote. Which Bible version are you using for Kings? I don't have them all, but tried to follow in the NIV and the message, and finally went back to my KJV, which seemed to be the closest. I know you like the CSB, so thought that might be what you went back to. I don't have that one yet. My KJV is fairly close to the CSB. I recently bought a paperback, large print message and a living Bible for comparison. Sometimes you tell us what you're using, like the NIV for the Psalms, and uh, sometimes uh, it matches what you're reading, and sometimes it doesn't exactly match what you're reading. I will use my KJV until I can find an affordable CSB and a large print. Thanks. I am enjoying the reading aloud. Well, that's very complete. <laughs> that's not just a question. That's a little bit of investigation. And let me say this. If you ask me, Pastor Ray, what's your favorite Bible translation? I was raised on the King James Version for 18 years. That's the only version of the Bible I knew. Um, my first Bible memory comes from the King James. You'll never hear me say anything negative about the King James Version. The, the, the men who translated it were very godly men. And of course, it's been through a number of revisions itself, different editions and so on. But I love the King James Version. But uh, over my preaching ministry, I have preached from the New American Standard and from the NIV and from the ESV recent years, I have used the Christian Standard Bible published by Broadman and Holman or Lifeway and have enjoyed that very much. Uh, now, let me encourage you to do something. First of all, the readings from Romans are from the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. But let me encourage you to do something. Um, if you've got a, an iPad or a, if you've got a cell phone, I want you to do something. I want you to go to your app store and download an app called Parallel Plus, Parallel Plus. It's free. It's a phenomenal little app where you can take any passage or any book of the Bible or any chapter of the Bible, and uh, you can, you side by side, it will line up up to five different versions of the Bible. So you could put uh, the NLT up there. You could put uh, uh, Young's Literal Translation. You could put Darby's version up there. You could put the ESV up there. You could put the CSB up there. I mean, they have this long list of translations you can use. And, and it's really fascinating to me to say, take a, a passage like Romans 12 and have the CSB here on the left and then have, say, the New Living Translation here and the NIV and the ESV and the King James Version. It's or the New King James. It's fascinating. You'll see how much they are alike, but you'll also see certain places where the translations differ. So as you're listening to me, if you want to follow along word for word, then use the CSB, which I am doing for most of the chapters, except when we're in the book of Psalms, and I'm using the 1984 edition of the New International Version. And I have explained that to you before. But friends, get the Parallel Plus. 
You can thank me later. It's free. It's a neat way to see right there side by side five different translations of the same passage. So now, Romans chapter 12. And remember, remember our little outline, God's good news, condemnation chapters 1 through 3, justification chapters 4 and 5, sanctification chapters 6, 7, and 8, vindication chapters 9, 10, and 11, and now application, application, uh, chapters 12 through 16. And why do I say application? First word of Romans 12, 1, therefore. What's the, well, as somebody said, when you see the word therefore, you ought to ask yourself, what's it there for? Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, that phrase right there means, I mean, Paul's telling us he's taking a turn. In the first 11 chapters, he's explained all men are condemned and are sinners in the sight of Almighty God. But anyone can be saved, can be justified through simple faith in Jesus Christ. When you come to Christ, you are transferred into the realm of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live within you. and He will give you power to live a victorious Christian life. And then in chapters 9, 10, 11, Paul stops, as it were, to answer a question. Well, where does Israel fit in? And the answer is, Israel fits in its past, its present, and its future as part of God's eternal and sovereign plan. Now, in light of the mercies of God, how should we live? Let me begin to read. And we'll just, sometimes the Bible just explains itself. So we'll let it do that today. Romans 12, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhortation. Giving with generosity. Leading with diligence. Showing mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Take the lead in honoring one another. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath. Because it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, 
you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Romans 13. Let everyone submit to the governing authorities, since there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are instituted by God. So then, the one who resists the authority is opposing God's command, and those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror for good conduct, but to bad. Do you want to be unafraid of the one in authority? Do what is good, and you will have its approval. For it is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, because it does not carry the sword for no reason. For it is God's servant, an avenger that brings wrath on the one who does wrong. Therefore, you must submit, not only because of wrath, but also because of your conscience. And for this reason, you pay taxes, since the authorities are God's servants, continually attending to these tasks. Pay your obligations to everyone, taxes to those you owe taxes, tolls to those you owe tolls, respect to those you owe respect, and honor to those you owe honor. Do not owe anyone anything except to love one another, for the one who loves has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and any other commandment are summed up by this commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. Besides this, since you know the time, it is already the hour for you to wake up from sleep, because now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, and the day is near. So let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk with decency as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual impurity and promiscuity, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Romans 14. Welcome anyone who is weak in faith, but don't argue about disputed matters. One person believes he may eat anything, while one who is weak eats only vegetables. One who eats must not look down on one who does not eat, and one who does not eat must not judge the one who does, because God has accepted him. Who are you to judge another's household servant? Before his own Lord, he stands or falls, and he will stand because the Lord is able to make him stand. One person judges one day to be more important than another day. Someone else judges every day to be the same. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. Whoever observes the day observes it for the honor of the Lord. Whoever eats, eats for the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. And whoever does not eat, it is for the Lord that he does not eat it. And he gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for himself, and no one dies for himself. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and returned to life for this, that he might be Lord over both the dead and the living. But you, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me 
and every tongue will give praise to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us no longer judge one another. Instead, decide never to put a stumbling block or pitfall in the way of your brother or sister. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. Still, to someone who considers the thing to be unclean, to that one it is unclean. For if your brother or sister is hurt by what you eat, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy by what you eat someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be slandered. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God and receives human approval. So then, let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. Do not tear down God's work because of food. Everything is clean, but it is wrong to make someone fall by what he eats. It is a good thing not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. Whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But, but whoever doubts stands condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith. And everything that is not from faith is sin. And it all goes back to this, doesn't it? Do you understand what God has done for you? <laughs> Do you understand the pit from which you were digged? I'm not talking about anybody else. Have you ever grasped, you can go back and read those early chapters of Romans, how great the mercy of God is, that you were included, <laughs> that he found you, that he saved you, that he picked you up from the miry clay and he set your feet on the solid rock, and he gave you new life, and he put the Holy Spirit within you, and he put you inside the Christian church, the, the body of Christ, and he pointed your feet toward heaven, and he said, you are my son, my daughter, because you believe in my son, Jesus, you will have eternal life. If we remember who we were and what we were, what God did for us, then surely, we will not hesitate to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, uh, uh, Warren Wiersbe loved to say it this way. He loved to say, and he's right, the problem with a living sacrifice is that it keeps crawling off the altar. And it's true of you and me. We are, we are to present ourselves every day. Lord, here I am. Here's my body. Here's my hands. By the way, present your body. It's not just your life, your body. Present the parts of your body and, and the whole thing. Lord, here it is. It all belongs to you. Use me for your glory today. If you remember, watch this. Tie it all together now. If you remember the pit from which you were digged and how greatly Jesus saved you, if you grasp your sin and the mercy of God, you will certainly be glad to offer all that you have to him. And you will love your brothers and sisters. You will be fervent in spirit. You will pray for those who persecute you. You will live in peace as far as you can. You'll love those who hate you. 
you'll pay your tips. <laughs> you'll, you'll put off the deeds of darkness. You'll put on the clothes of salvation. And when it comes to all these debatable things we like to argue about, you'll say, brother, you walk in your path and I will walk in mine because we will all someday stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a great thing to be so consumed with the gospel that we don't have time to argue about everything else. You know, when, when one of the cures for a contentious spirit is just to go back and study the gospel, preach it to yourself over and over and over again. What a great salvation we've been given. So now we shall give back to the Lord. We shall give back to him our life, our works, our deeds, our words, our thoughts, and the bodies he has given us. That's the least we can do in life of our great salvation. Go out, my friends, my saved brothers and sisters. Go out and have a great God-blessed day. Come back tomorrow, last day of July, last day in the book of Romans. It's going to be amazing. See you then.